Hey, hey, welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. So glad to have you with us today. You can learn more on our website, fairmountfriends.church, or find our church app on Tithely. Let's go. Well, this morning I want to talk to us specifically as we've been in the month of February, Love Month, and last week we drilled in on all relationships, but specifically as it comes to marriage. And this morning... As we've had children up here, and we have had uh, the celebration, I think, of, of young people as well. And I also just want to take a moment and pause. Are there any of the seventh grade basketball team out there? There's not. Okay. I was just checking to see. Oh, Judah. Yeah, my son. Yeah, he made the team. <laughs> Thanks for making it, son. Not only the team, but making it to church this morning. Um, but... Anyway, we, uh, there, there's something about just like the young lives and the young people that we're focusing on here. And so I want to drill in this morning on kids parenting, grandparenting. And either you are a grandparent or you are a parent or you've had a parent at one time. So this message is inclusive here to everybody. As I begin to speak about parenting or grandparenting... It is not lost on me that this potentially could be a tough subject for some. There could be really hard issues that happened with your parents in your parenting, or you've watched your kids perhaps not always be great parents. Maybe you've had to step in and you've had to become parents to your grandkids. I don't know all of those sort of things. My heart this morning is not to push everybody's pain points and hot buttons but hopefully to provide some pathways that we can do this thing the best way. Perhaps we can glean from Scripture and say, man, how can I do it better? Anytime that we open up the Scriptures, we know that our, to- our toes are going to get stepped on to some degree because we're always not living perfectly, according to. And so this morning, we're in a safe place. You're in a family. And the Lord, He uses familiar language. He calls Himself a Father. He calls us the bride. He calls us sons and daughters. Jesus, he likens himself unto the big brother. He's a brother. We're co-heirs. An heir is family language. We're co-heirs with Christ. So there's a lot of familia language. God is not a manager or a boss or an employer or a coach. He is a father. And he's a good father. And he puts the lonely in families. And aren't you glad that he's put you in a family? To some degree, you are in some sort of a family. So as we start to dive into this conversation here this morning, I know that there's a couple hundred different stories that are sitting out there that are all different and unique. And they're all beautiful, and God is faithful, and he's walked you through, and you still stand. You're still here because you've had a good father that's got you to this point. Here's our main scripture that we're going to be jumping off of, and there's going to be other texts that we'll be reading out of. But this is the main one here, and it's Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It says this, it says, train up a child, or in some translations, start children off on the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. Let's just take this first little part here, start off a child the way that they should go. This emphasizes the importance of intentionality early. Everybody say it with me, early. It takes an intentionality early on. And I'll get to the fact that we can correct behavior later on in life, but man, do we want to jump on some things early in 
life. As a young parent, one of the things that I realized quickly, especially out of my son, and I love that my son mirrors me in so many ways, but early on I could see it was, it was like this, monkey see, monkey do. And he would see me have some sort of a behavior, and then he would mirror that. And he would reflect my emotion, my characteristics, how I would say something, when I would get fired up, how, not just what the joke that I would say, but how did he tell the joke? When did he pause? He would do all of those sort of things. He wanted to have his interests around my interest. He wanted to get involved in certain sports that I was involved. There was like, man, where is dad and what is he doing? And he begins to mirror and reflect that. Sometimes that's good. <laughs> not always. Because dad's not always awesome. And so as he's looking at me, he begins to reflect some of those characteristics. Some of the attitudes, some of the shortness, some of the bummers. And he just begins to mirror the example that has been set. My purpose of sharing this is just to underscore the importance of the example that kids see many times they repeat. And not that it's exactly hardwired in them that they will be exactly like you, but let's not lose the importance of parents being a model. For their children. They grow up and their eyes are wide opened and they begin to see it a certain way. They're looking at their parents many times also for a response. If I take the balloon and I bonk the balloon on my nose and my parents laugh, oh, that's, that's feeding me something. So I should do it again. And so I do it again and we all laugh and now the whole room's laughing and I begin to mirror the emotions that are being reciprocated to me. And something goes off inside of me and my dopamine factory is fired up and I'm like, woo, I'm liking this, I'm moving the room. There's a little bit of a pleaser that's coming alive in there, a little performer that's coming alive. And that's not necessarily bad. It can get a little wonky, but it's, it's just okay. He's just mirroring the emotions that are kind of going on in the room, and what they see, they respond many times to the model that's right in front of them. And so now we're kind of engaging in this sort of thing. Many times they take their cues off of our responses. Other times, maybe it's not we're laughing. Maybe it's we're mad. And their cue is, I need to hide. Whether it's just to withdraw emotionally, it's to go to my bedroom, it's to leave the house. Man, I cannot wait to get out of here. Whatever it is, but they take their cues off of our responses. And so, as I dive in here to parenting, I'll tell you that I had a pretty good upbringing, yet still was not fully prepared for parenting. Some, you're like, man, I didn't get a good upbringing, I didn't have a good model of parenting, and now I'm expected to parent. What a challenge this has been. A few ways for me to resource myself is to have other good parents around me, to be resourced with people, and then to also be resourced by myself. I went hard after pursuing knowledge through books. I just want to share a few of them with you this morning that have been impactful in our lives. And if you are a consumer of content, this is a good place to start. This is shepherding a child's heart. So it's not only just trying to get them at 18 so they can hurry up and move out, okay? Who are you? I want to get my PhD in you. I want to know how you were designed and what makes you come alive and what's the passions and the emotions. What do you care about and, and, and how were you created? Because as a pastor, I'm supposed to shepherd you. And so I want to shepherd not just a life but your heart. Another one, 
big truths for young hearts. Okay, big truths for young hearts. How can I begin to teach my young kids simple biblical truths that seem like they're monster topics and boil them down into really easy bite-sized pieces? This is another good one right there. This one is kingdom parenting. Okay, kingdom parenting. Another good one for you to jump in on on uh, Miles Monroe, who is all about a kingdom mindset, but for us to have kingdom parenting. This one, especially for fathers, if you're raising young men, is fathered by God. Fathered by God is John Eldridge. He's the one that has written basically the curriculum for spiritual masculinity as it comes to wild at heart. The way of the wild heart has been John Eldridge. Resource yourself and make sure that you're diving into this thing. As we look at this generation that's coming up, Perhaps some of you have been from the war generation. How many of you are boomers? Okay. Boomers are out there. Then after boomers came Gen X. Any Xers? Okay. Then came Gen Y. Do you know what generation you're in? (laughs) Millennials. Okay. Then Gen Z or the Zoomers. And the next generation that is now on the planet is Gen Alpha, is what they're being called, is Gen Alpha, okay? So as we move into this next generation, here's what has happened many times, and I want us to go eyes wide open, as it talks to us modeling certain things for our kids, and how that can be good, and how that can be scary. Right now, did you know that colleges are saying that the teenagers that are about to hit into college they're saying that the mental health what's going on in their mentals right now is at the same level when it comes to social media and screens it's at the same level of addiction they have addict mentality they have addict behaviors they have addict cravings they have addict responses if you take it away from them they have addict uh, fired up if they can't get it You're the bad guy if you put limits on it because I need it. It's not even that I want, I need. And I get emotional if I can't have it. Something goes on, my synapses, my brains, my emotions, my whole body has a response if I can't take a hit of my screen or of my emotions. And if anybody, especially a parent, tries to correct me, I... I have, a, I have a response. I have energy behind it. Perhaps I even blame shift. You do it. You were on your phone. Why? It wasn't that. I wasn't on there that long. We, we, have, we have emotion around this as if we are addicts. Check out some of these numbers. Two hours and 24 minutes is the time the average person spends on social media every day. 159 times a day, the average American checks their mobile device. Does anybody ever just like you think you felt? It's like, I think my, my leg's vibrating or something, and it's like a phantom call. It didn't really happen, but you're just like, you're just twitching all of the time. You're just like, sure, surely somebody wants me. Surely somebody's reaching out to me. Four trillion hours were spent on social media this year for mankind. And here's the reality. And we say we don't have time. We say we don't have time. 
I, I just can't find time to work out. I can't find time to start that business. I can find time to watch cat videos, but I can't find time to really pursue my dream. Isn't that crazy? 4.2 hours per day Americans spend on mobile gaming. Seven hours and 22 minutes is the amount of time that teens spend on screens per day. And even if that's just screens at school, but what, all they are doing is just staring at this blue light all day long. And then we come home and it's the exact same thing. And here's the reality, is they have a model. They have a model. And this generation that's being raised by millennials, we got this stuff, not when we were born, but probably when we were teenagers. Maybe you got a Nintendo, maybe you got a, a Sega Genesis, if anybody remembers those. Perhaps we started getting them as when we were teenagers. Here's what has happened over the course of time is our brains were already developed for 10 to 15 years in a certain way, and now we're raising kids that as soon as they're born, it is easy babysitting that I hand you a cell phone. And you just flip it open, you go, go through, and you're one years old. You flip through, you find your app, and then you just sit there all day long. And we load them up, and it's, and it's free babysitting. I'll hand my kids an iPad loaded up with Peppa Pig and Bubble Guppies, and they're laughing, and I feel good about myself because, look, you're having so much fun. Isn't that great? And here's what, I, here's, what one, um, what, here's what one college administrator told me. He said this. I was meeting with him just two weeks ago, and he said this. He says, young people have never seen a model from their parents of how to turn off a video game. It hasn't been modeled. They haven't been modeled proper approaches to social media. And many times, it's the parents that hand it to them. It's like handing them the keys to the liquor closet and saying, hey, man, at midnight, just like shut it down and go to bed. <laughs> Hope it works out well for you. And it's, and it's asinine, but they haven't really seen somebody that does it well, especially in the home, because this is what we're also doing. And it's the next one. And it's the next one. Because, perhaps, we haven't been gripped with something greater as it comes to raising up like a, like a responsibility before God to raise a man of God. A responsibility that one day i got to stand before the Lord and give an account for what I did with my life and what he gave me, that I've got a responsibility to raise a fiery woman of God that knows how to get into the presence of the Lord, that knows him, that knows more about the Father than she does about filters. She knows him. She weeps. She's broken. She's excited. She's alive. A responsibility that bears weight upon our shoulders, parents. And it's a heavy weight that comes. Check this out, Deuteronomy chapter 4, and Deuteronomy talks many times on how parents should lead their kids, and it's based upon what the kids see in their parents. Deuteronomy 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 9, only be on your guard and diligently watch yourselves. Do you have this verse up there, Lucas? 
so that you don't so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen and so that you do not slip from your heart as long as you live teach them to your children and to your grandchildren this stuff starts early it starts way early here's what i'm thinking needs to happen is we just need a new training ground we need a new training system and we need a bigger goal than just just to get them to 18 so that they can get the goal is to raise up responsible leaders parents he's not going to be four forever one day he's going to be 40 and building in those traits and attributes and if we as parents if we as parents don't like the outcomes then we need to change the inputs if we don't like what's coming out of their life perhaps we need to change what's going into their lives Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 19 teach them to your children speak about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up and all of life Anthony I remember what you said this just the other night like Paul was getting ready to write like a list and he's like whether you eat whether you drink and he's like oh, I give up on the list just whatever you do in all of life like and it's like it's like he's writing it's like Moses is writing a list here and he's like hey so whether you're sitting at home and you're having dinner together and he's like man but in 2024 people won't be sitting at home having dinner together so whenever you're on the road okay so whenever you're on the road you know and if you guys ever go to sleep so like right before you go to sleep and if you guys whenever you wake up finally if you if you wake up whenever you're together teach them to your kids is what he begins to say if you're with them pour into them and teach them and teach them and teach them and do it again and do it again and write it on the tablets of their heart so the first part of proverbs 22 6 it says to train a child in the way they should go or start a child early in the way they should go let's go to the second part of that it goes and when they are older so now let's talk about when they're older it says they will not depart from it what if this verse is not only based upon just faith by faith i hope that they'll not return from it and yes it is faith but what if it's way more practical what if it's even based on biology what if there's something going on in their inner life makeup neuro pathways of what will be produced when they get older what if well let's check it out let's reread this verse by brock bonnix okay this is the brock bonnix version this is the bbv here's how it would read if i wrote it if you train a child and i would put early with about seven r's early then when they are old they will have disciplines instilled in them they will have neurological pathways running deep keeping them locked in and when they are older they will have access to emotions that are sensible and grounded and when they are older they will have 
good conversations around the dinner table, and they will see a model of how adults interact peaceably and how adults interact with joy. And they will have seen a joy-filled marriage, and they will have seen Dad walk through the door each night after working his butt off, and I would have put that, and walk in smiling and full of peace and happiness and kindness, and he will see him walk across the kitchen and kiss their mom and dance with her after dinner. And they will see a model of how men speak to ladies and how they will have their neurological pathways running so deep within them that when they are old, they cannot depart from it because it is now who they are. That's how I would have wrote that verse. What if it's not just faith and hope and kind of wishing that luck? I hope maybe they won't return, they won't turn from it when they're older. What if you form and fashion little hearts and minds and you write it on the tablets of their hearts so deep that it now is who they are, that they can't be anything else? And when they're older, they won't depart from it. Because you can't be anything other than what you are. And now it's who they are. I want to say this. Perhaps there's parents that are out there that are saying, but I did this. I took my kids to church. I prayed with them. I I read the Bible stories. I took them to Sunday school. I did all of these things, and yet they turned from the Lord. And I prayed for them, and they became the prodigal son. And I got them to vacation Bible school, and then it got wonky, and they got sideways. And and I did model how to pray and how to worship and how to read the Bible. I did all of these things, and they they still got off. Here's the good news about this verse. This verse is not just biological, and it's not just neuroscience-y. It also is very supernatural. And so we do come before the Lord with faith. We do say, God, even though I've done this and it seems like it's gone wonky, by faith I'm bringing my child before you. And by faith I'm asking that you would father them where I missed it. By faith I'm asking that that you would rescue their hearts and pull them back. By faith, could you rewire some things in their minds? By faith, I'm asking that you would bring in mentors and coaches and, 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 and people. By faith, I'm asking that you would turn the hearts, like Malachi chapter 4, 5, and 6, that you would turn the hearts of the children back to their fathers, and you would turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children, that you would release blessing upon the land in our families once again. And by faith, perhaps you've watched your children And they haven't nailed it as parents, and now you're having to step in as grandparents. By faith, God, I'm stepping in that you will meet me because I'm tired and I'm exhausted. I already did this for 25 years, and now I'm starting all over, and I've got to do it again. God, by faith, I'm bringing my weary heart before you. Would you strengthen me to train a child the way they should go? By faith, God, I'm needing you to hit me with some energy. 
because I'm, I'm, I'm wiped out, I'm depressed, it's heavy, it's not looking good, would you lift my eyes to the hills where my help comes from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I need you, Lord. And so by faith, could you begin to help me get some new pathways going on here? It is practical, and it's very supernatural. Parents, I would also say this. Not only is it just paying attention to the tech, not only is it paying attention to whatever it is, dinner times or conversations or whether you're on the road, you're in the car, you're with them in the home, I would say be intentional to get them in places where they can get fed and encouraged. Get them into places where their little hearts and minds have conversations pointed towards Jesus. Perhaps that's youth group. It's campus life. Maybe it's one-on-ones with mentors. Maybe you even set them up with mentors or men or women of God in the community that you value. Maybe it's son, dads bringing their sons with them to men's group. Perhaps it's even like this. You need to model for them what it looks like to serve. And so as men are serving and taking up the offering, you bring your son with you. Hey, come on, stand with me. This is what we do. We show up to the house of God Sunday mornings. And if we're asked to serve, we're going to walk right down here and we're going to hold this, this offering plate. Come on, son. Now you pass it to this row. It's going to work its way around. And then you get it and you pass it to this row. And you bring your kids with you and you stand there at the door and you greet others and they're handing out bulletins. Hey, kids, you know what we do? I want to model for you we serve. We do not come here just as consumers. We come here as givers. So come serve. Stand right here with me. Mamas, you're going downstairs into the kids' class. Get your daughter right here on your lap. Okay, now this is how we teach. This is how we pull hearts together, okay? And then we're going to pray for everybody. And then we, we do this little illustration. And maybe even throughout the week, you're putting together your little teaching for Sunday school, and you bring the kids in. Come on, bring them in. Bring them into this thing. Perhaps they even have a little feedback for you and say, well, that was dumb. I didn't like that. I didn't get anything out of that. I don't like church. I didn't like youth group. I didn't like campus life. I didn't like, I didn't, okay, whatever. I didn't get anything out of it. Okay, I would like to compare them not getting anything out of that compared to them not getting anything out of the 100 minutes they would do staring at people doing stupid things on YouTube. <laughs> You're going to spend 100 minutes one place or the other. I'm going to roll the dice that just perhaps if you get in environments that are conducive for good seed to grow, it's going to be better than watching guys flip their bikes down a bunch of stairs and then crushing their man stuff on the handrail. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> oh, let's see him do it again. <laughs> oh, that was, oh, he did the exact same thing. When will this guy ever learn? <laughs> and you do a hundred minutes of that. I'm just going to roll the dice and say, perhaps somebody might have to step in and be the parent and say, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. And this is where you're going to be. This is where you need to get. You need to be in places where you can be. I try to maybe even on Sunday mornings get my kids here early before church, early to help serve. I see Andrew, Pastor Andrew will bring Kalen in with him sometimes as he's setting things up. Before this, it's good for children to see. They need to see it. A good model. I'm going to pull out a few more resources here for you. These are some books. Parents, if you're looking for books, 
Maybe you don't like books, but the Brockmeyer way is we do books, okay? Bible Force has been a great one for us. Bible Force, this is the Bible that our kids use all through elementary school, okay? And it's full of cartoons and characteristics and illustrations and pictures, and it just helps the stories come alive. You just go to Amazon, type in Bible Force, and it's got incredible resources there for you. Here's one. It says, my first message, and I was even just reading this with Nora here, and then after it teaches the lesson, it gives you a little prayer. And we're doing the, um, the Garden of Eden and Creation. And I want to find this prayer. Please forgive me. Okay, here we go. Okay, so after God created Adam and he took a rib out of Adam and created Eve, she's like, what's a rib? So I begin to explain it to her and she goes, that's gross. <laughs> um, so then the prayer afterwards says this. Pray, um, God gave Adam and Eve rules to obey. What kind of rules are you supposed to obey at your house or your school? Pray about following the rules this week. Ask God to help you. Okay, so then Nora, she gets down on, on her knees and she goes like this. She goes, dear God, thank you for giving us a lot of rules. I pray that you would give us more rules so that we can break them. And I said, I don't know that that's what God meant, but I kind of like it. That's kind of fun. A <laughs> couple other things, because we like books. These are illustrated books. This is just like the story of Ruth, and it's full of cartoons and characters. Here's one with Esther. And so we dive in, and we want to just read about Esther, and it just helps the stories come alive. Baby Jesus, and these are like the early ones that we get them in. Jonah, Joseph, okay? This one is uh, Joanna Gaines. <laughs> Gardening. I don't know about that one. Okay. This one, um, Elf on the Shelf. I don't know how that got in there. Okay. So, there are things that we can do to be intentional early with our kids. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to focus in on this part. It says, um, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. If the world's doing it, probably go in the opposite direction. Be transformed. So life can look totally different. You transform life by renewing your mind. We need to get different things going on in our mind. Sigmund Freud, he's an Austrian uh, neuroscientist. He lived in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And here's a picture of him. Here's one thing that I liked about him was uh, he's got a tight beard, thinning hair. And um, that little three-piece thing is, is kind of nice. And the cigar just for uh, kicks and giggles there. But this is Sigmund Freud. And what Freud did is he did a lot of things. It talked like early childhood development and then he kind of got weird on like on psychoanalysis and like psychosexual analysis sort of things. He just got really off. But one of the things that he really instilled was early childhood development. And set us back about 50 years by saying the first five years of a child's life are the first five that matter most. And he's right, those do matter. But then we're kind of stuck or we get a fixed mindset and we're just dialed in and there's really no changing it once the brain has been set into motion 
And then in the last 20 years, definitely, but probably even 50 years, we've realized the amazing, remarkable elasticity of the brain, that it can form and fashion, it can be renewed, that it can be taught. Believe it or not, old dogs can be taught new tricks. And so if your child, you've seen them go down a certain way, and you're like, man, I missed it in the first five years. Oh, no, am I ever going to be able to get it back? Yes, it is possible. Yes, the Lord is powerful. Yes, the Lord can transform lives by renewing minds and getting them into new, fun places in their minds. One more thought I want to go here is, Parents, not only are we modeling the right behavior for our children to repeat, but that we would be intentional not just to model it, but then to come alongside and say, hey, do you see what I did here? And kind of talk them through it. Dads, it's good for your sons to see you opening doors for mom. And then he needs to open doors for mom. And depending on the week, if he's in a good relationship with his sisters, he needs to open the door for his sisters. It's good mom for your children to see you how you respond to dad or how you have emotional balance or how you approach certain things as you are like proverbs 31 as you look at the days ahead and you laugh <laughs> come on bring it that you are a baller in your heart and your spirit we don't freak out we're not anxious and we're not raising little anxious babies we've got this if your son is walking through the door and he lets it slam on mom and sisters as they're carrying the load, slap the phone out of his hand and say, yo! Sorry, I didn't mean to scare anybody there. Or better yet, this, next month, just don't pay the bill. And then as he's flipping through, he's like, hey, what, what, I, what, 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 uh, uh. Yeah, you'll be real appreciative real quick for the guy that's paying the bill. How about you open the door for mom, huh? Everybody good? Everybody good with that? Last one here. This is 1 Timothy 4, 7. Having nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales, rather train yourselves to be godly. He didn't say this thing happens on accident, man. It is intentional. And here's the deal. If, if, we, if we fail to live with intentionality, we will have to live in the pain of divided hearted children they won't be a focused hearted children and it'll be painful verse 8 for physical training is of some value but godliness has value for all things and it's holding promises for both the present life and the one that's to come this is a trustworthy saying that deserves your full acceptance or hey lock it in i'm about to say something here that says lock it in this is the apostle paul um that is why we labor and we strive because we have put our hope into a living God who is the Savior of all people and especially of those who believe. And then he says this, command it and teach it. Don't let anyone look on, down on you because you're young, but you need to what? You need to be a model or you need to set an example for others to see for believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. Until I come, devote yourself to publicly reading the scriptures, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy with the body, with laying on of hands of the elders. Be diligent 
Shoo, man, he has not given us any wiggle room here. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone, or maybe we can just say that your kids, may see it so they can see it. Be diligent and intentional so they can see it. Your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. Something else that we have done, and this kind of happened out of COVID, is when we were sitting around not having a whole lot of stuff to do, we just said as a family, we'll read books together. So we dove into The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the Narnia story. And we, re- we began to read about the story, and then the kids would be like acting. and like, oh, I want to be Aslan. And I'm gonna, they're, they're you know, crawling around through the kitchen, and they're being the whole deal. And it just becomes like really, really fun. We moved into this one, the, ta- uh, the Traveler's Gift. And there's a guy that time travels, and he meets all of like the famous people throughout history. It's like a really clean version of Forrest Gump. Um, and... <laughs> Then this one is what just, we just finished is the energy bus. And how are we and our family going to bring life-giving positive energy? And we all sit our butts down, do not get up. Dad's going to read the book. All right? And then eventually I kind of use different voices and I play into it. And I'm the bus driver. And then I'm the guy that's like the guy in the back of the bus. And the whole deal. And we kind of create this energy around these moments you got to create an exciting story because if you're telling kids that they can't do this, you can't do that, stop doing that, stop doing that, then what is it that I'm going to do? And so parents, we've got to have a more compelling story, grandparents, a more compelling story for them to buy into. It's taking them on a journey. It's taking them on something. It will require your absolute best. Hard stop. To replace the old and to give them something new that grips them and motivates them for something else. Something else, I got to stop, man. Ben, even though you took down the clock, I'm still aware. Something else, and this will be the last point, is kids make bad decisions. Especially as it comes to picking friends. So, I help pick their friends. And if I don't like your friend... I will do almost anything to remove them from your life. I say almost because I'm not a killer. (laughs) It's like Tupac said, I ain't a killer, but don't push me. (laughs) The Apostle Paul and Tupac, they both had a lot of wisdom. Um, All right, get me back. Is... At 12 years old, parents, you're still the number one influencer. By 14 years old, you are now number two, and their number one influences are friends. You better believe I'm picking who their influencers are. And then I'm monitoring how much time you spend. Guess what? Our house, you can hang out at our house. You can spend the night at our house. I don't know about everybody else. It's not that I don't trust the parents. I don't trust 12-year-olds because 12-year-olds are idiots. I don't trust you. And so just to throw you out there with unlimited access to the world, through phones and and iPads and all sorts of stuff. And so I want to monitor those. I just got to be aware. Parents, here's at the end of the day. Be aware. Be intentional. Be dialed in. Because this call before the Lord matters. It just matters. Phew, it matters. Right? And so we got to train them. And if we can instill this stuff, they will not depart. Psalm 127, verse 3. Children are a heritage from the Lord. They're an offspring. They're a reward from the Lord. They are a blessing from God, right? 
And like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children when they're born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And they will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the city gates. Come on, we're raising up warriors. We're raising up people that can make an impact. People that can change their communities. People that can impact the school system. People that can raise up churches. That can impart to men and women. Come on, this is the goal. It's not just to raise up kids. It's to raise up men and women and future leaders in our homes. I believe the health of any church, any business, any society is the fabric of the family. And so let's dial it back to home and make our marriages, our kids, and our homes really, really good. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, and we're going to pray, and we're going to get out of here. All of these books are laying up here. If you want to take a picture of them, you can buy them yourself. These are mine. Keep your hands off of them. (laughs) Jesus, we just thank you for the importance of family. We thank you for the importance of intentional parents. God, I just pray that for those that are doing it, that you would just encourage their hearts. For those that are feeling like they're overwhelmed, God, I pray that you would encourage their hearts. God, that you would give them faith to believe that you're a good father and that you will help them. Help us through this thing, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Grateful you were with us today. Be sure to subscribe and rate us so other people can know about the podcast. Join us on a Sunday morning in Fairmount or find our live stream on YouTube, our website, fairmountfriends.church, or our church app on Tithely. See you soon. Thank you.